For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ramble with Russell, the 501st episode of my podcast right here on the TalkShoot Network, the home of Intelligent Rambling. I'm your host, Russ Hale. Now, before we start the show, I did want a big shout out and thank you to Dave Cooper and Doc Housel for my 500th episode last week that was live here on the TalkShoot Network. It was a lot of fun. You know, a lot of people say I should do more live shows. I was a little disappointed. I didn't get it was just Dave and us, Dave and Rebecca and I. But it would have been nice to have an audience participate. I'm not. I'm not going to promise you I'm going to do many more of these live shows. It takes a lot of coordination. But maybe when we reach 550 or 525, we'll do another one. We'll see, because you know it's multiple time zones and all that kind of fun stuff. But I hope you all enjoyed it. I have noticed, though, that though not many people listen to us live, there has been a lot of downloads for that show. So thank you all. I hope that gave me some new listeners. Thank you all for checking that show out. It was a lot of fun. Always enjoyed joy to talk to those two. They're one of my two favorite uh, co-hosts and guests on the show. And I hope you found our, our discussion very entertaining. It was a lot of fun for me. And I look forward for another one of those down the road. Also, a big thank you to them and to others. I got a lot of retweets and favorites and likes on Twitter because of that episode. Thank you for doing that. It's cool. I gained some followers too. So, Wunderbar, thank you and and thank you for showing the love. We've got a lot of stuff on the show this week. I did want to shout that out because it was a lot of fun and I hope you all enjoyed as much as I enjoyed putting it together. And, And it just proves that that she is as smart as, you know, she doesn't call herself doctor for nothing. On the show, since we had a doctor last week, we're going to do a doctor this week, but it's not going to be a doctor's in a TARDIS. No, no, no. We're going to start things off with a brand new, uh, the brand new redo of Ghostbusters, uh, circa 2016, on the Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Entertainment. Well, I will let you know if I think this all-female reboot is worth checking out then we go from the ghostbusters redone to another legendary figure that gets a new uh paint of face or new face paint or new whatever thing when it comes to paint i just can't say it right now it is the legend of tarzan courtesy of warner brothers home entertainment starring uh the um alexander Skarsgård uh, of true blood is your tarzan in this new remake, new take on the legendary figure. Then we go from a legendary uh, figure of literature to, another, to, once again, to a galaxy far, far away. Because, of course, this is the 501st episode of my show, so, of course, I had to do something Star Wars for the 501st Legion of the Empire. And if you don't know the reference, then you're not that much of a geek. I thought you were. So we're going to start, we're going to continue our reviews with... Star Wars Rebels Season 2, courtesy of Walt Disney Home Entertainment, where things get kicked up enough, kicked up a notch with the arrival of a certain Sith Lord and his Padawan apprentice from, from the past. So a lot of Clone Wars in this season of Rebels. And then we go from Star Wars Rebels to a, another great book from the great folks at DK Publishing. We're going to keep the Star Wars theme with Star Wars Year by Year of Visual History Updated and Expanded courtesy of the great folks at DK Publishing. That's all on this episode of Ramble with Russell. So we're going to take a little quick little musical interlude right up the first review of the show. Thank you. 
my first Blu-ray movie review for this episode is Ghostbusters, circa 2016, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Entertainment. Now, you know, much was ballyhooed about this movie when it first came out, and I didn't get a chance to see this in the theater, so this includes not only the theatrical release, but the extended release as well, which gives you 15 extra minutes of stuff not seen in the theater. Now, a lot of times, that stuff is filler. It's kind of stuff where they went, when they first made the movie, well, is this important to the plot of the movie, and can we trim it, and will the audience miss it? And that's kind of what they throw in to the extended cut, because, you know, movie producers are very fickle about how long they want people to sit in the theater, unless it's a Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and that goes out the window. So this is what you get in this Blu-ray release. Now, as I said, there was a lot of mixed response to this. When I heard that they were going to do an all-female cast, I was like, eh, I don't know if that really is going to be the answer. I was hoping, you know, before Harold Ramis died, that the, the, the guys would come together and do a third movie. And in a way, the Ghostbusters the video game was kind of like as close as we're ever going to get now to a third Ghostbusters movie within that version of Ghostbusters. And there was a lot of thought uh, as well. I thought, you know what a good way to be with this movie is if instead of just starting all anew, they they would like make reference to the one that happened before and maybe they find the equipment or something. But no, this is a fresh reboot. And I have to give the producer credit because rather than just redrag the same story with just females instead of males... They did make uh, a different spin on on this classic story, and I'll give them credit for that, because they didn't have to. Your main stars of this are Melissa McCarthy. Uh, of course, we last saw her in that Sandra Bullock movie, The Heat, and I've kind of been mixed about her. She's one of those actresses that, like, in some movies she's really funny, in some movies she's just stupid. And I don't mean to slag her, you know, don't come knocking on my doors like, you're slaying me because you call me stupid. No, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like a lot of some people, you know, sometimes they pick a really good movie and then sometimes they pick a stinker. And, and she's one of those actresses I'm I'm kind of on the fence on. So she plays Abby Yates, who is a, a uh, paranormal investigator. But your main kind of female lead here is the character of Erin Gilbert, played by Kristen Wiig. She, uh, she at the start of this movie, is a professor at a school trying to get, I guess, tenure, if you will. But she has a past she's not too fond about, and that's with Abby. And that they, they wrote this book about the paranormal, and she's trying to kind of shove that under the rug. Well, certain events happen, and, 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 and they discover a ghost, and it's a very kind of funny scene... Uh, that happens in a haunted house, very close to the original with the getter, but 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 different nonetheless. Uh, so we have that going on. Those events lead her to join up with Abby. Uh, also along the team, it's still four, still a team of four. Is is the character of Holtz? She is played by Julian Holtz, played by Kate McKinnon. She's kind of like. Say Egon, but a wackier version of Egon Spengler. A, a smart scientific brain, but a little few doo-doo screws loose, really, if you will. And then the third member, and this is the one that got a lot of controversy and a lot of hate, and I don't see where the hate is. This is the character of Patty, played by Leslie Jones. She's kind of like your, I guess you're Winston Zedmore, your, your token black person, but... And so she's she's kind of like uh, she's a, a transit worker who who joins the team because of her street smarts of, of New York City. Now, in the first movie, of course, we had Zool, right? It was a spirit that was coming into New York. And then you had the prick kind of politician that let all the ghosts out. And then that caused the big stay five marshmallow man, yada, yada. In, in this movie, your your main kind of villain in this one is Rowan. He's kind of like your 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 picked on dweeb um, who who decides, uh, played by Neil Casey, who decides that he's going to use his knowledge to to become you know overlord of the world and 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 release these ghosts 
And then that's going to make him like the Uberman, and he's going to bring on the fourth apocalypse. I know you're saying, what? But with most of these sci-fi fantasy movies, you kind of have to check your brain at the door and not think about it too much. So, so he's your main villain in this. Now, also added to the cast as their secretary is Chris Helmsworth. Yes, you're saying, wow, Thor's in the movie? Well, not so much the Thor. Uh, he plays Kevin, who is this big, handsome dude that's as smart as a pile of rocks. Really, he's, he's all looks and very little brains. And he's kind of your comic relief of, of, of the movie, really. He's really funny. It's amazing. I'll give credit to Chris Helmsworth. His, his character of Kevin and his thing of Thor are completely <laughs> not even close to being similar. So, so that's kind of cool. That, that uh, I like to see actors who can kind of stretch their range. Now, you know, it's, it's, it's the best way to watch this movie, really, is, is to not uh, think of this as, as comparing this to the sequel. It, it's more of the, the idea is there, yet, um, but, but it's completely a different movie. And if you go into this movie thinking, okay, it's a supernatural comedy, then it's fine. Uh, the, there are some generally funny moments in it, and, and there's a good relationship kind of thing here between Abby and Aaron. Now, I have to say, 30 years later, special effects have really improved. I mean, it's funny. The, the, one of the featurettes, they kind of compare you know, the, the special effects from the original, 84, and now, and we've come a long way in 30 years. It, it, it's, it's, you know, you look at the, the effects back then, and there's some puppetry, and, and there's... Uh, it, it's a different world of effects, and, and they really... The ghosts in this one look really good. And and there is um there are some nice throwbacks to the year eighty show. The 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 ghost from the real Ghostbusters logo really comes to play here. And 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 there are cameos by Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Bill Murray, who's who's way too short, and eventually Ernie Hudson. Although Ernie's is near the end so you have to wait on his, but but it's really short. But it is funny nonetheless. Uh, overall, <laughs> I mean, it's it's not that bad. That's kind of how I I have to rate this movie. Now this got a really low score on IMDb, and I believe it did so poorly that sadly, even though I, they tease a sequel at the end, I don't think there's going to be a sequel to this film. I think it did so bad in the box office, and it's all about money, folks. You know. Don't, don't, you know, Hollywood is still about dollar dollar. And if a movie does not make enough dollar dollar, ain't no sequel going to happen. And this is, I think, very much the case for this film. I, I think it deserves a sequel. I think that now they've established this universe and these characters and their relationships. I think it could do really well with a sequel uh, if they build upon what they've started. But sadly, due to its response... I don't think so, and and I can and I agree with the stars of the old movie. Leslie Jones does not need all the hate that she got. She was she was fine in her role. I don't know why people have a problem with her. Get a life if you do. All right, so that's the take of the movie. The extras on this for a single disc Blu-ray are pretty damn good. They, they did they did load them up with a lot of extras, and, and that's not bad. I'm always impressed when they do that. They say it's two hours worth of more laughs and fun scares. Now, keep in mind that that a lot of the extras in this are extended scenes and deleted scenes and extra jokes that they didn't put in the movie. Now, what a lot of comedies do these days is they do multiple takes of a certain joke, and then they kind of take the best one, and then they put that in the movie. And a lot of times, especially with Sony movies, I most more than any others, they, they do a lot of takes, and that's what's included in the extras. Now, those are great if you want to watch them, but, you know, it's how much extra footage do you want to watch. <laughs> so there's, like, a lot of alternative scenes, a lot of extended jokes. 
there are five making of featurettes. Now, these are what? The heart of the extras to me. Because they really show how a lot of this is done. Oh, and there's a great cameo by Stay Puft in this movie. And and um, there's a lot of extras. And, and, and the, the making of featurettes are, are, to me, one of my favorites. Because they, they really kind of um, show you how the ghosts were done. And I got to give the, the filmmakers, filmmakers credit for this. And this really comes into play with my second review, movie review of today. But we'll talk about that later. Is that a lot of the effects in this. They could have done CGI on the ghosts all they wanted to. But they didn't. Uh, the way they did the effects. And this doesn't ruin this for me. It just makes me more impressed by how they did it. They, they took real people, real actors, they dressed them up, they put lighting, tube of light, uh, tubes of light within their costume. So, and they lit them up and they filmed them that way so that gave them that spooky, ethereal look on camera. So with some prosthetics and some special lighting and then maybe a little bit of CGI to it just to enhance the look, you, you got the ghosts. And, and so that gave the actors something to react to, not just... Oh, look, it's a tennis ball. The tennis ball is scary. It's coming at you. Be afraid. Because there's <laughs> a lot of the Jurassic Park movies were done that way. I'm serious. Um, so, so they didn't go that route. And I think that's great. I'm a big fan of practical effects. I think if you can do anything practical, it's better. It's more believable. And I think it gives the actors more to work with. So they, they, they really did that in this movie, and I think that's terrific. I was really impressed by how they did the costumes, and the makeup is just as good as anything you'd see in The Walking Dead, really. I'm going to get them full marks for that. You did get two filmmaker commentaries, which is really cool. I have a chance to listen to them, but that's another look into the inside of the movie. You get lots of outtakes. You get, um, you get uh, a lot of featurettes of... of of the characters just having fun, really, and talking about their, 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 their roles and one on um, Hellsworth as Kevin. So it really, you get the, the sense from this movie that the actors really enjoyed making it and had a lot of fun doing it. And to me, that kind of helps viewing saying, yeah, these guys really had a lot of fun doing it and, and that really comes across on screen. Overall... If you're a fan of supernatural comedies, I think you'll like this movie. If you want to say, well, you know, it's not like the original Ghostbusters. It's completely different. Well, yeah, okay, folks. Get a grip on reality. 30 years have passed. And no, it's not like the same as the other. The one was the one for it is, and it's still a great movie. One of my personal favorites. I do have it on Blu-ray, too. But... You, it's, it's not fair to compare it. it they, they really made an effort to kind of reboot this franchise. It didn't go the way they wanted to because audiences just didn't get into it. Um, but that's a shame. I, I think overall, I was skeptical about it being all females, but they really established a good relationship between these four. And, and, and I think they could go further with it, but it's not up to me. I just watch movies. I don't make them, sadly. But overall, I mean, if you just want uh, uh, a good, you know, supernatural kind of comedy with really good special effects, I would say give this a check out. They do kind of redo who you want to call, although I have to admit, soundtrack-wise, it's hard to beat the original because it's such classic 80s music for its time. The soundtrack on this one is good. But, but you know, it's not pure 80s gold like the original is. So, but it's modern times. So you have to, you have to kind of go with that. This is quoted as every bit as fun as the original by Sean Edwards of Fox TV. I would say, yeah, it, it's fun, but in a different way. It's more of a modern kind of supernatural thrill. Luckily, there wasn't too many poo-poo jokes or gross jokes. I was worried that might go the way via scary movie because those sometimes just gross me out. But it didn't. The, the, the slime effects in this one were really good. There's a featurette on how they did the slime, and that is disgusting. And, and hey, kids, at the end of the featurette for the slime, they give you the recipe on how to make it. So be forewarned, parents. There'll be some kids going, pause, and, and 
writing that down. So you can make your own slime if you want to. And this the slime test were just like, oh, you really hit the people with it. Uh, and again, uh, nice, nice throwbacks to to the original. Slimer is in this one, even a, a slimette. Uh, one thing I again I mentioned before I finish this review, Ecto One looks great. They did a great job doing the Ecto One, but much like Electro Woman and Dino Girl, they kind of throw away the car near the end of the movie. It's like, oh look at this car, it's really cool, and then it's gone. So, so Ecto One is really kind of underutilized. Not as not as bad as Electro Woman and Dino Girl. That was a real like, hey, you got to be kidding me. Uh, but pretty close to that. And I think if they do a, a two, if some reason there's a two, utilize the car more. I think it looked really cool, but they literally kind of threw it away. And that's a shame. I want to see more Ecto One. Uh, the, the gadgets were cool. They really upped the game, and um, and and they really do fight ghosts in this one. I'll give that too. In the first one, yeah, there's a big fight with Slimer, and then there's the thing at the end. Nah, 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 nah. But 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 the actual fighting ghosts, me me. Whereas this one, yeah, they actually do fight a whole army of ghosts that come after them. So <laughs> points to them. And and the new proton packs are pretty cool. So that is my take of Ghostbusters circa 2016 on the Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Entertainment. second Blu-ray movie review for this episode is The Legend of Tarzan, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Now, this is the latest rehash of Tarzan the Ape Man, and I'm not going to do the yell, <laughs> that, that, that's come out. There's been a few Tarzan movies over the last few years. There's been some animated ones. Of course, it was The Legend of Greystroke, starring good old Christopher Lambert from back in the day. But there hasn't been, you know, that many. So this is a, a legend that... You know, has had a good TV life, but it's been hit and miss when it comes to movies. 
the latest version of Tarzan finds that this is almost like a sequel to a movie that I could have seen before, but they wouldn't let me see it. Um, kind of movie. Because in this movie, it, Tarzan is in London. He's been in London for like 10 years. So you're going, hey, where's the movie where the Tarzan meets the Jane and comes <clears throat> back from the jungle and stuff? Well, we kind of get that in flashbacks in this movie. So maybe they'll do a prequel one day. But for now, Tarzan has been civilized. He's been living in London, uh, played by Alexander Skarsgård, who we last before saw was Eric on True Blood. Um, he's been living in London for 10 years with Jane. Jane, this time around, is played by a woman who would go on to play Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad. How how freaky is that when it comes to casting? Jane, this time, is played by the very lovely, the the very lovely uh, Margot Robbie, of, of course, who will go on to play um, Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad. That is coming out in December, and that will be on a future review. Um, at the time it's recording. So she plays Jane. Tarzan is is sort of happy in London, although you can tell he's like <clears throat> maybe had enough of it living in a big gray castle. He's kind of reclaimed the, the 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 fortune of his family, but but finds he's just kind of missing 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 the days of old. When when he gets an invitation to go back to the Congo and kind of be an ambassador, along for the ride is Samuel L. Jackson's character of. George Washington Williams, who is is kind of the um, how can I say it? He's kind of like a a con man slash opportunist slash comedy relief in this movie. So Tarzan gets convinced to go back to the Congo, unbeknownst to him. That the whole reason he's going back is because the the um, the father of a man he killed that hurt one of Tarzan's ape buddies. Once Tar, this is really complicated. I know. Once Tarzan dead, so he then hires the villain of the story, a very good villain. I'm going to say Leon Rom, played by Christopher Waltz, to kind of bring Tarzan back to the Congo so he can kill him. And this helps Waltz because this uh, gets him diamonds. So it's all. I know it sounds really convoluted, but that's the plot that brings him back to this area. Now. As I mentioned in the first review, one of the things that impressed me about the Ghostbusters movie is a lot of practical effects. They did a lot of things, and they kept the CGI to enhance things, but but not but not uh, you know like a bunch of green screen stuff. They used a bit of green screen, but they used a lot of practical too, because that's just the way it goes. Uh, a, so that impressed me. Now. While I was watching Tarzan, I thought, cool, he's gone back to Africa. It looks gorgeous. There's a jungle thing. He's swinging. So the whole plot of the movie is essentially Tarzan comes back to Congo. He, uh, Jane gets kidnapped by Rom to, to, to kind of lure Tarzan out so he can get Tarzan and then present it to the other guy so he can get the diamonds. I know what you're saying to yourself. Woo! But that's the way it goes. So, so there's that in that that Tarzan has to rescue Jane, that kind of thing. So he 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 returns to the wild. So I was impressed watching him. Thinking, wow, Africa looks really cool, and, and look at all the scenery. And man, it must have been so amazing to film there because the jungle and everything. And wow, and this looks really cool. And then I watch this movie, and I'm really impressed by. It. And and don't get me wrong, as a Tarzan movie, looks great. Alexander Skarsgård is great as Tarzan. The villain is just a guy you want to kick in the nuts. He's that good. And and so the story is great. Uh, I think as a Tarzan movie goes, you get what you want. But and and, and it, it visually looks great, but I'm watching I watch this and then I watch the extras. And then much to my disheartening, I find that this movie wasn't really filmed in Africa. No, ladies and gentlemen. Because of the extras, and I wouldn't have noticed this when I saw this, if I saw this in the theater. Much of this movie, my friends and neighbors, was filmed in London. And you're saying to yourself, what? Get out of the city. Yes, yes it was. It was filmed in London on a soundstage. And they kind of pulled... An avatar on this. And you're saying, what do you mean, Russell, pull an avatar? What I mean is, 
Avatar is a pretty movie, okay? I think I said this when I reviewed it many, 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 many episodes ago. It's a pretty movie. It's one of the prettiest movies you're ever going to see in cinema. But a lot of it is fake, 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 fake. In that, in that they, they, when they filmed Avatar, it was people in the little suits with the dots and shit. And they're running around the, these, these backgrounds where it's, it's like blue stuff and green stuff and it's fake, 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 fake. And they, they add it all in later, right? They didn't really go to a jungle. They just kind of built one and made a run around it. And a lot of stuff's fake, 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 fake. Uh, and, and, and that kind of, and when I saw the extra Avatar, I'm going, wow, really? And ever since Avatar, when, 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 when filmmakers want to be lazy, when they don't want to go, oh, we don't want to go on location. That's like a lot of work. We got to truck all of our stuff there. And then we got to deal with the live conditions and blah, 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 blah. Well, we'll just, we'll use CGI and we'll fake it. And, and, and that's one of the things I have to credit the Lord of the Rings movies and the Hobbit movies. They went on location. The scenery you see in The Hobbit, for the most part, is actually New Zealand. All those gorgeous landscapes. The actors were there. They were filming it. They were there. It was really cool. And they, they proved it. So that just made me like those movies even more. But, and, and they say this in the, in the extras. And this is, this is going to be a little rant, but excuse me, it's my show. Uh, this is one of my pet peeves really, when it comes to modern movie making. CGI has kind of made it too easy to fake things. So the director in this, he admits that, that, that you know, yeah, we didn't really, we didn't really go to Africa to film this. Gives the attitude like he's too lazy to film in a jungle. Really. And, and so they, so they, so they, so they built it in London. And, and so they consider it Real Africa with a flourish. So they went with a helicopter. They filmed a lot of stuff. Then they put it in. And then so they they built like jungle sets, right? Um, Like much like they did with Avatar. But they just reused them over and over again. And all the animals, all the freaking animals in this movie, every single bleeping one of them, and, and, and it just spoils it for you. I'm sorry. A slight spoiler here. They're CGI. Yeah, really. Not a freaking real animal in this whole movie. Not a real monkey. Not a real lion. Nene. So not only are the director too lazy to, to go to Africa to film this movie, they're also too lazy enough to hire real animals and trainers and wranglers and whatever, wouldn't it? Completely lazy. And, and so they don't do that at all. And they, they just move the trees around. And this reminds me of bloody Doctor Who. This is like early 1980s Doctor Who. Where they would cheat by using the same corridor and just changing the angle and then just redressing it slightly different. And you're thinking, really? <laughs> and that's just what it is. And, and, and it gets to me, the director in this, is a control freak. He comes across in the extras as, I want to control everything, everything will be in my control. Now, I'm not saying he's German, but that's, that is the impression I got from him. Like, he, he so micro want to manage everything that he, he, this is how he did this movie. Now, luckily, okay, this, this doesn't come off on the film. And he went as far, I'm not choking you. And they show this. They, instead of using real animals, right, they got full life-size cutouts of animals for the actors to kind of react to. Like, okay, here's a cutout of an animal here. So they give like an eye line for them, right? Look, here's, here's a cutout. Act scared. This is a scary cutout of a lion. Watch out. And, 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 and that's what they used instead of real animals. And I thought, holy guacamole. That, that, that is really, really bad. Now, the director of this movie is David Yates. And you're thinking to yourself, I've heard this name before. And this is the same guy, this same guy, who did the, the latter Harry Potter movies. Same bloody dude. 
And and I'm thinking, <laughs> I wonder if those were a lot of CGI heavy too. And 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 with these extras, they show this. They they show these actors performing these massive, hugely high green screen backgrounds. Like we will build a partial set for real, but everything else, green screen. And even when they're at point when they're on the boat and they're going down the river, they're just in a tank. And it's the green skin around it. And I'm even in the freaking jungle. Now, again, I'm, I'm sorry if this spoils your enjoyment of it. If you're watching this going, Well, Rambo from Russell said that they weren't really there, so I can't get into this movie. All right, all right, all right. I know, I know, I know. And I'm sorry if I did. But I had to get this off my chest. This is my show. And, and I, I had to talk about this. Because this just freaks me out. You know? If, if they'd actually gone to gone to a an actual jungle and done this great now on the other hand i'm saying there's one point where tarzan fights uh his his eight brother akut uh that he grew up with that comes back to to kind of rebond i guess and of course they couldn't use a real gorilla in this i understand they couldn't fight with a real gorilla it's a guy in one of those mocap suits that has kind of muscles that simulate the the size of the gorilla I, and, and a face mask that kind of juts out for the face. And, and, and I get that. That's, I understand that. That's perfectly fine. That's, that's a good use of mocap there. So the actor looks like he's actually wrestling with something and not just air. So that's good. But the other things, I don't know. I mean, it's pretty CGI. It really is. It looks really good. They fooled me, boogers. Um, but, um, yeah, and there's at one point, he's swinging through the trees, and that's a CGI Tarzan. That's not a real actor swinging through the trees. Now, I'm sure they faked this with the Spider-Man movies and many other superhero stuff, but still, I, it's one of those things I kind of went like, really? Uh, for extras... On this, you and oh, and I will admit the soundtrack, the music in this movie is really good. They use a lot of chanting, kind of tribal kind of music, and that really works to fit in with this movie. And Alexander Skarsgård, for all you ladies out there, he is in amazing shape in this movie. You thought he was buff in True Blood? Well, he done kicked it up a notch in this movie for sure. And and I do like a. Uh, Margot Robbie, I think she was great as Jane. I'm looking forward to seeing her in Suicide Squad. I know a lot of people are dumping on that movie, but I'm still looking forward to seeing that in December, even though a lot of people didn't like it. Uh, for extras on this one, you do get Tarzan Reborn. This is a a how a feature on how they talk how Tarzan, how they tried to remake him for a modern era, and they look back at some of the previous incarnations of him. They do have a feature on creating the virtual jungle and how they how they, how they fake things and make it look like Africa. So, again, I will warn you that the featurettes are cool and that how they fake stuff, but it may spoil your enjoyment of what you see. But it's there. They do have uh, bear, uh, battles and bare knuckle brawls. This is a, a three featurettes where you get Tarzan versus Akut. The Boma Stampede, which I have to admit, that is an amazing-looking stampede of animals, and the train ambush, which is visually impressing as well. Each of featurette on those, you get Tarzan and Jane's unfailing love. This is a featurette on their relationship and how it survives. Now there are two other featurettes: the Gabonto, the Big Screen, and Stop Ivory. These are kind of anti-ivory, really featurettes. And and I find them kind of weird because the first one, they're talking about, oh, Africa is great, and we loved Gambon, and la-da-da-da-da-da-da. And, and I'm watching this going, wait a minute, I just saw featurettes. You said that you faked it. You filmed this all in London. You just went to Africa, filmed some stuff with a helicopter, and that's all you did. And then you talk in this one featurette about, oh, filming in Africa was great, and we love filming there. And yet... You, you barely did. The actors weren't there. So that came off to me as disingenuous. It's like you're saying that you did that, but you really didn't do that. So to you. Overall, I know there's been a lot of negativity in this review, but no, don't get me wrong. Uh, did I hate this movie? No, 
as as a Tarzan movie goes, a great popcorn flick, a nice fun movie. You just watch Tarzan, the ape man goes, oh, 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 that's close as I'm going to get. Uh, swing for the trees. The relationship to him and Jane is good. Good villain. And um, <clears throat> an exciting movie. Well paced too as well. My only problem with this is after watching the extras, the shortcuts the director took to get this done. Now I understand making things on the cheap, but but I he, the watching the extras left me with a pretty bitter taste in my mouth when it came to the director and like you know uh, it's just too much reliance on technology and this is me saying it and not enough on on, on doing things. I think the actors, personally, were cheated out of an experience. Just doing this in a soundstage. And and I would have liked to have seen it actually filmed in Africa. I think visually it would have looked better. I, that looks bad, but uh, I think I would have been more impressed with the extra effort as opposed to what they did. But beyond that, uh, all right, no, no director's commentary on this, which is really disappointing, and no commentary by either the actors involved. I would have liked to have heard that. Eric uh, Alexander Skarsgård is great on commentary. Listen to any of the commentaries he does in the True Blood uh, show. He is funny as shite, and and that's an opportunity missed right there. Overall, I liked it. Uh, does it set it up for a, a sequel? Maybe, although. They, they got to really look out at getting another good villain because you need a good villain to go against a good hero. And that's always the key in these kind of things. So that, oh, and also quotes. I love these quotes. The Best Possible Tarzan of Our Time by Stephanie Zacharek from Time. I'm going to say the best possible one in recent memory. As, as a Tarzan movie goes, yeah, one of the better ones. Although it's been a long time since I've seen Grey Stoke. Grey Stoke, the legend of Tarzan, Chris Lambert. So, you know. Uh, the last few years, yeah, definitely that. So, uh, overall, a fun movie. If you enjoy a little jungle fun, then definitely check out The Legend of Tarzan. So that's my review of The Legend of Tarzan on Blu-ray. Courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment.
TV show on Blu-ray review for this episode is Star Wars Rebels Season 2. Courtesy of the great folks at Walt Disney Home Entertainment. Now, this is a, a series, of course, set between Episode 3 and Episode 4, A New Hope, of the Star Wars universe. And continues the adventures of the Rebels group uh, with within the Star Wars universe. Now, in Season 1, we, of course, we introduced Ezra Bridger, and he joined up the, the, the cast of The Ghost. A, a a ship that that in this season and crew kind of becomes more an official part of the rebellion. In in the first season, it was kind of getting to know the characters, and this one they have joined the rebellion full force. And what's cool about this show is this is the the kind of unofficial sequel to the Clone Wars. Now, back uh, when Disney took over Star Wars, the the Clone Wars kind of wrapped up. Because Disney wanted to do their own thing. And this is what happened with Rebels. So in this second season, we see a lot of development of Ezra. Ezra really kind of comes into his own in this second season. And a lot of interesting developments happen. Now on the cover of this release, you see a big... Vader uh, makes a really big impact in this second season. And it's a lot of kind of the, the, the repercussions of what happened in Season 1. Right off in this s- second season, Vader makes his presence known when these small group of rebels kind of get a little more annoying than they were the first season, so he gets called in. Now, of course, the first season, they killed the first Grand Inquisitor, but as with it is with Star Wars and the Sith, there's always more than one. And, and more Grand Inquisitors come a-hunting the Rebels and, and these two Jedi. So we had to have that play. Now, for all you thinking, oh, cool, Vader's going to be in the whole season. It's going to be Vader, Vader, Vader. No, sorry. I hate to tell you. Uh, he's in the first episode, and he comes up near the end, and a little bit in the middle. But he's not in every episode of this 22 season. I know you're saying, well, man, it's big tease. Yeah, well, suck it. That's the way it's going to happen. Now, the cool thing is, though, Vader is voiced by James Earl Jones. Yeah! The, somehow, the, the guy can still do a good Vader voice. And he's brought back to do Vader. And this is the leaner, meaner Vader. Remember, this is the Vader after Order 66 and before New Hope. So he's a lot younger, a lot more agile, and a lot more deadly than the old guy. <laughs> by the time we hit A New Hope. So... Keep that in mind. And this hit, this encounter with Vader kind of sets up a chain of things here. Also, uh, also from the Clone Wars, we also get uh, Ahsoka Tano returns to the show. Now, of course, when we last left her in Clone Wars, she had left the Jedi Order. So even though she still, you know, wheels lightsabers, she's technically not a Jedi anymore. But she comes back to help out. Also, we have uh, another character from the Clone Wars. A few of them this season kind of come back into the fold, including Rex, uh, the original from the original clones. So that is is a nice addition to the show and, and sets up uh, a huge encounter right near the end of the season. There's an encounter in the season between two characters that we wait a long time to happen. Now. Is it a good payoff? Yes and no. Um, because there is a good fight, but it's really short, and there's a lot of questions that are left kind of unanswered. But it's still, it is still a very cool moment. Ezra's character really kind of grows in this season. He really starts to kind of question things and starts going down a path very close to what Anakin does, where he even says a line saying, I don't want any more of my friends to die. And, and and he's carrying the same kind of sentiment that Anakin had. And so we see a little darkness, a little anger creep into Ezra Bridger. And there's a there's a person he meets near the end of the season that that and another person from the Clone Wars who really could be a negative effect on little Ezra. Uh, also, throughout um, this second season, not just Ezra grows, but we get background stories from Hera, from Zeb, from Sabine. Uh, all the characters kind of get a nice 
spotlight. Even Chopper, the the droid, gets a bit of a spotlight in in, in this th- second season. So we get a lot more background on the characters, a lot, a little bit more about their past history, which is good. It, it kind of fleshes them out more. For extras, as always, in in these seasons, we do get an episode of Rebel Recon for every episode of the show. Although the two pars only count as one, where where Andy Gutierrez. Uh, interviews, other, and a woman who changes their shirts more times than I can count. You you watch how many times she changes her shirts. She she After every episode, she interviews the cast and crew. They talk about what happened in that episode. She catches up with uh, a guy who, gives you, who answers questions that they used to post on Twitter. There's a chopper segment, which are really funny. It makes me question whether or not it was a CG chopper or the actual, actual robot going on in the office. And then, of course, a preview for the next episode. Now, the previews are like, well, I'm just going to watch this. So I sped through a lot of them. So that, that's kind of your extrasness. No audio commentaries, which is a shame. That, that's one carryover I kind of wish they'd carried over from the Clone Wars. Uh, audio commentaries in the episodes, but you don't get any. You do get Connecting the Galaxy, Rebel Season 2. This is a, um, a feature that we talk over in the best to watch after you've watched the season. We talk about some of the hidden Easter eggs and how the events in this season tie into the greater Star Wars universe. You also get uh, a Blu-ray exclusive. This is from um, Apprentice to Adversary, Vader versus Ahsoka. So that's really cool. Their journey, how their relationship changed and how it leads up to the really big fight at the end of the season. Uh, so that's kind of your extras in this one. I, I like the second season. It really builds on this. I have seen teasers for the third season where they do a major jump in time. Kind of, I guess they're trying to bring things more closer to the events of Rogue One and A New Hope. But I don't know. I mean, they did a jump like this between seasons two and three of Reboot. And look how long that show lasted after that. So Ezra... At the end of season two, grows up a bit in uh, in season three, and we'll see how that goes. I think it's cheating in a way uh, when they age characters like that. But both in season three, we get an older versions of all the characters, especially um, Sabine and Ezra, and we'll see how that plays out. Uh, also, for season three, I did see a trailer for that, and ooh. There's a very cool voice actor who will make it a guest appearance in season three. Who uh, one of my favorite uh, people from Doctor Who will be doing a guest voice guest in season three. I can't wait to watch that episode. Uh, so that's cool. Really makes me look forward to seeing that. And very cool. He's doing he's doing voice work in Star Wars. Huh? Just I'm not gonna say who it is. Watch the season three trailer and you'll know who I'm excited about. He's one of my favorite Doctor Who people of all time on the show. So, uh, overall, yeah, it, it's a good season. Does it help to have watched the first season if you want to watch the second? Yeah. You can kind of get the impression, you know, that they all kind of like each other and we're all pals from the first, um, from just watching the second, but it does help to watch the first because you, you get a better background into them and then the develop the character developments that happen the second mean more to you i will caution you this is star wars but there are some very creepy moments in in this season and there's one where these spider bugs that i guarantee you may give your kids some nightmares uh just saying so if you have any younger kids just be warned and this was the same way with clone wars there are some creatures that are a little bit scary uh, in this season. Overall, a fun second season. A lot of stuff happens. And it's going to set it up for a good third season, although there are still some unanswered questions that they better answer in season three. So that is my take of Star Wars Rebels Season 2 on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Walt Disney Home Entertainment. Lying in my bed, I hear the note taken, think of you. 
My book review for this episode is Star Wars, Year by Year of Visual History, courtesy of the great folks at DK Publishing. Now, Ramblers, of course, you know that a while back I talked about this originally when this came out not too long ago. Well, the one thing that the people at DK love to do is update and expand stuff they've done before. And this is no exception. What this book does you gives you is a, a chronological history of the Star Wars universe along with what's happening in pop culture, going back right from the early days of the 60s. Actually, it goes back from, yeah, like it goes, like we talk with inspiration influences, back from the 1914s and the 60s, uh, to right up to 1996. And what this book covers, the previous done doesn't, is the old book came out a few years ago and then stopped around the Clone Wars. What this one does is gives you history past the Clone Wars and right up to the fall of this very year. So not only does it give you what you had before, but some really cool extra content. And what I love about this book, it is just full of all kinds of facts that I never even heard about. There's even a page where it has all kinds of Yodas on it. And even a Yoda bubble bath. And I think in Really? They made that? And yeah, they did. And it is here in this book. Also, many variations of Luke Skywalker as an action figure. Go figure. Uh, and, and that, and just a lot of the history of, of Star Wars each year and what happened with the pop culture of the same time. You know, the whole sale of um, Star Wars from George Lucas to Disney and all that kind of fun stuff. The, the, the artwork and, and the stuff in this is truly amazing. I've always been impressed by the amount of work it takes to put this stuff together. It is truly a lot of fact-finding, a lot of pictures, and a lot of really cool factoids when it comes to this. And that's, that's a really cool kind of chronological uh, look at, at Star Wars and what was happening each year around Star Wars. So we have world events, pop culture events, even when the versions of Windows came out. All kinds of really cool stuff. Lots of cover art of comic books, pictures of figures, and all video games. Just everything that is happening that time around. So it's it's a really cool book. Now you're saying to yourself, well, I already bought like the first one. This is a, a nice addition to it if you haven't got the year by year for this is one to try. Yeah, I know in a few years I'll make another one. Uh, but it really is a cool book for all you kind of Star Wars fans out there and really anybody that likes pop culture. The amount, said, the amount of research in this is truly amazing. And it really is like a long read. This is, this is uh, you know, standing at 368 pages and counting. I'm sure if the next update happens, it's going to be like 400 or something crazy. But it's really a nice kind of Look at history through a Star Wars lens. So that is my take of Star Wars. Oh, it also comes with uh, two nice lithograph prints uh, for you as well. A really cool one of The Force Awakens with the lightsaber battle with Rey and, and Kylo Ren. 
And another one with the, the Falcon chase through Jakku. So those are some nice prints you can add to your Star Wars prints collection. So that is my take of Star Wars year by year of visual history updated and expanded edition. Courtesy of the great folks at DK Publishing. wrap things up for this edition of the show hope y'all enjoyed it as always you can touch me with a number of ways you can always check me out on twitter i'm at rambling russ r-a-m-b-l-i-n-g-r-u-s-s tweet me on a tweet back i appreciate all the retweets and likes and favorites i get on twitter thank you very much for that of course social media wise you can check me out on facebook just type in ramble with russell in the search engine on facebook yeah you'll find my facebook page encourage you to go check over there and check it out uh, when it comes to any carver art with either books or movies I talk about, I generally post them on Twitter and Facebook, so check for out for them there. Of course, you can check all my new episodes right here on the TalkShoe Network. I'm caller ID 18411. That's my number on TalkShoe. You can catch all my new episodes here. Of course, you can check out all my older episodes still on Libsyn from May 2006. Right up until August 2013. Check out my old episodes at HTTP, full colon, backslash, backslash, ramblingrust. Dot Libsyn, L-A-B-S-Y-N, dot com. And of course, you can check out the older episodes on iTunes as well in the iTunes store under podcasts. Just check out them out there. That is it for me. Coming up on the show next week, I'm doing my best to get through for you the sequel to Disney's Alice, with the Alice in Wonderland live-action version. It's Alice Through the Looking Glass, starring Johnny Depp, courtesy of Walt Disney Home Entertainment, and then more fantasy, if you will. I will give you my review, hopefully, of X-Men Apocalypse, courtesy of Fox Home Video, the third in the reboot of the X-Men. As well, uh, the third and final season of Penny Dreadful, courtesy of, Fox, uh, courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment. And I'll try to make my way through Preacher Season 1, courtesy of Sony Home Entertainment. Currently, I am still playing superhero catch-up with the CW. I'm still... I know you're saying... Well, Russ, you're kind of going kind of slow. Well, trust me, I've been really busy lately. Um, I'm still making my way through Arrow Season 1. No, Arrow Season 3, Flash Season 1. Hoping to get through those soon, making my way to Flash Season 2 and Arrow Season 4. And then, of course, down there as well, Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow. That's all kind of in the works. I know I'm behind, but if you hear the sound of my voice and how it's kind of going throughout the show, I've been really busy. But I'm trying, folks, and I I will eventually get to them and get cut up of my superhero CW fun. Just have patience. I will get there eventually. Uh, also on the docket, if you will, uh, I did get some early holiday stuff, the great folks at Paramount, including, if you can believe it, the 75th anniversary of It's a Wonderful Life, starring uh, James Stewart and Donna Reed, uh, the Andy Griffith show Christmas Special, as well as the I Love Lucy Superstar special. Uh, all that coming from Paramount, so classic TV, possibly on the way. Speaking of new TV, I'm making my way through Hawaii Five-O Season 6. And on the docket as well, Madam Secretary Season 2, Scorpion Season 2, possibly in the future. And um, possibly, when I can get around to it, the, the re-release of Twin Peaks, the original series, Fire Walk With Me, and the Missing Pieces on Blu-ray. So some doon-doon, doon-doon, possibly in the future. As well as the blu release of Angels and Demons, because the Inferno whatever is coming out soon. And maybe King's Clave, Final Fantasy fifteen. Starring the voices of Aaron Paul, Lena Headley, and Sean Bean, who dies almost everything he's in. Uh, that's possibly coming up in the future. Also, courtesy of the great folks at Microsoft Canada and Veritas PR, I am checking out Gears of War 4, 4, 4, 4. That I will be giving you my review out in the very near future. I did get advanced coffee because sometimes I get lucky that way. I can't tell you a lot about it right now. All I can tell you is I'm playing it. Uh, I can give you early impressions that I'm having fun with it. I haven't completed the main story campaign. 
when I do, when I check out the multiplayer, you will get a review right here on this very show. So I know I've been slacking with the video game reviews, but I've just been so busy. But but coming up, I can't tell you when, probably within the next two, three weeks, I will give you my review of games of war, Gears of War <laughs> 4 for the Xbox One right here on this very show. So uh, stay with me. I, I, I'll try to get to video games. As you can tell, my voice is almost done. At the time of this recording, I've had a very busy day. Uh, you have no idea, folks, my, my real life. Um, but um, I did want to get this out. did want to get a show out to you this week. So uh, more to come. Stay with me. Thanks for listening. And as always, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.